welcome to Life Continuing, conversations that explore consciousness, healing, and infinite existence. I'm Tanya Berg. This episode is the second part of the conversation with Vicki Talbot about electronic voice phenomena, where we learn about the EVP classification system found at atranc.org and listen to some EVP examples from what Vicki has recorded over the years. Let's then move on to a bit of um, classifications of EVPs and any other you know pertinent information we should know, and then we'll start playing a couple of samples. Okay, so I suppose I should I should first explain the uh, classification system because we will be referring to it when we play the EVPs. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a modified classification system modified by Tom Butler. Initially, in this field, we had class A, class B, class C. Class C is pretty much difficult to understand by the majority of people. With headphones, without headphones, turning it up, turning it down, it's it's the kind of EVP that you could end up with two or three different interpretations, if that. So when it's a class C, it's even with a prompt, hard to understand. Um, and that's class C, D, E, F down to Z. I mean, they don't go any further than C. If it's a C, it's gonna be very difficult to listen to uh, without a prompt. And even with the prompt, you might not be able to get it. Um, with the Bs, you can usually understand the EVP with a prompt. Okay, so you may not be able to understand it without that prompt of here's what it says. With the A's, normally no prompt is needed to understand the EVP. Now, when I talk about this, I'm I'm not talking about the average person who just decides to listen to EVP and see if they can understand it. This classification system was developed for seasoned researchers and practitioners use. So if I, if I, uh, for instance, these EVP that we're gonna play right now, um, if, if I did the classification with a couple of my practitioner friends and researchers, it would be completely different from a random person off the street trying to understand and classify these as to which one's an A, which one's a B, and which one's a C. So keep that in mind. And there was a study done by Tom Butler, I believe it was probably 2009, um, where he discovered that the general population listening to a class A EVP which is one that the researchers have hands down considered to be understandable with no prompt. With the general population, uh, they can only understand up to 25% of the words in that EVP. So it's like learning a new language. And you know, my background is in linguistics and communication studies. And it is like learning a new language. It takes some time and effort and study to figure out not only um, what it is that you're hearing, but whether the method you're using is appropriate or not, all things considered for delivering valid communication. So then that gets into the two different types of EVP. Uh, The first type is transform EVP, and that's been labeled a one. And the second type is opportunistic EVP, and that's been labeled a two in this system. So transform EVP is EVP that is gotten through, well, there are anomalous messages that that are received and stored by technical means. So that would be TV, radio, computer, phone, whatever. 
The thing about those is that there's no vocal background usually. I mean, normally you are not using a vocal background when you're doing transform EVP. You can use a sound source like a fan or white noise. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with that movie a while ago. Um, yes. Named white noise. Mm-hmm. Um, Or it could be even a dryer full of clothes tumbling, which actually is a little bit better than the white noise, which is very static and fixed. So it's more difficult for them to create clear sounding EVP. Whereas if you have a dryer running, for example, that's more stochastic or random sounds uh, coming through. And it makes it easier for them to create the kind of uh, words and sentences that that they want to. Still, there's no vocals coming through. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's transform EVP in a nutshell. Okay. Of course, there's a lot more to be said about it, but basically that's what it is. Uh, Then there's opportunistic EVP. Mm-hmm. And opportunistic EVP is a little bit different. Uh, normally, you have a vocal uh, sound source running in the background. Uh, that could be uh, <clears throat> a chopped up uh, language file that has been put into an app like EVP Maker by Stephen Bion, Stefan Bion, I think his name is. And that can still be downloaded from. Uh, the internet. You just type in EVP Maker and Stefan Bion, um, S-T-E-P-H-A-N, last name B-I-O-N, and you can download that and that will mix up your your foreign language files or whatever you choose to put in there. And then you'll you'll get a mixed up output and EVP is said to occur in that output. Uh, There are other opportunistic methods such as radio sweep, where you're sweeping a radio and you're just picking up chunks of different radio stations. There are also apps out there that will do that kind of thing for you. Um, Extremesenses.com happens to have quite a few of those kinds of apps. I believe they only work on Windows. Uh, they may have changed that recently, but they have a couple different types of apps like Phasmabox, which has preset um, Latin and English sound banks that you can run forward or reverse, along with a setting for introducing like five random in- internet radio stations. Um, they have an infinity box that makes use of prepackaged audio streams, but you can add your own audio stream, which um, if you're if you're looking for validity and, and evidence and as a researcher trying to make sure that you're not um, picking up any false positives, that can be helpful. There are also live streams uh, from particularly I'm thinking of iDigitalMedium.com. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of his could be considered transformed because they're real staticky, but he does have some samples on there, I think, that make use of mixed audio tapes if he still has them up. Um, so if you're playing that kind of thing in the background, you're usually picking up opportunistically the sounds that are the vocals that are provided through these various apps or methods. Uh, There are different ways to create kind of a hybrid one slash two by using the vocals in a way that um, will result in more of a transform type EVP. Also transform EVPs can occur if you've got a sound source, vocal sound source running in the background, normally those will occur in between um, vocals. Okay. So if you've got, if you're using a file that is just nonstop, blah, 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 
you're usually not going to get a transform EVP, but if you've got a file that occasionally has silences, uh, sometimes I use those silences to put through transform EVPs. And I think that's what most people are familiar with. Uh, is that just you ask a question and then wait for an answer and then you'll hear it on playback? Is that the same thing? Yes. Now there are mm -hmm. some there are some of these like Phasma Box, for example, on, mm -hmm. uh, from Extreme Senses, where um, you may sit there for a long time and hear nothing at all uh, in terms of the vocals that they've provided, and then suddenly you can actually have a rudimentary conversation because they're speaking directly to you, you understand what they're saying live, and you can respond. Most of the time with opportunistic and transform EVP, you are recording and then listening back. So you don't necessarily hear live communication when you're doing it that way. So you're using a digital recorder, for example and you're recording either transform, like say you got the dryer running with clothes in it, right? You're recording that way, or you're using the rubbing method, which some guy in Germany started doing a long, long time ago. I can't remember his name, um, but that's just uh, rubbing your, your thumb or forefinger on the recorder itself, or you might, some people use keys or a pencil or something to move on the desk next to the recorder and then they listen back. Um, you know, that's another way to do it. There's so many different techniques. Yeah, it's, it's so many. Very, very interesting. Let's then, let's maybe get into some of the EVPs because there's also a story with each of these ones. And these EVPs are on your blog but uh, we've, well, you've chosen a few to highlight the different classifications. So maybe let's start uh, with the story around these EVPs and the prompts. Okay, so the first set has to do with, has to do with an excursion that Mary Jo, the other mother and I took um, not too long ago. We decided to take a, uh, take a hike. <laughs> and so we went down to, um, on the advice of our husbands, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. Uh, we went, we decided to go to several different places, just wherever, you know, our fancy took us. So we ended up, um, at Deception Pass. We walked around there for quite some time. Then we got and in the car. If I can just ask uh, this area that you're speaking about, um, whereabouts are you? What, what state? Okay, so we're in Washington State, north, uh, the Pacific Northwest, so mm. northern, northwestern Washington. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Deception Pass is out towards the sound there. So we went out to Deception Pass, walked around there, stopped at a store or two, and then Mary Jo gets this whim. She goes, well, let's go to the old insane asylum, which I'd never been to. Uh, Mary Jo and I are not investigators. Um, we do this work simply to connect the bereaved with their loved ones, right? So we're not used to doing that kind of thing. Right. And, you know, we were just taking our hike. So I'm like, all right, I'm up for it. Never been there. Let's go. So we go to one side of it. There are a couple of sides and it's a, it was a self-sustaining asylum in, in the day and had, oh man, thousands of people going through there at one point. So it had a farm and it had all sorts of things there, uh, the buildings that they would use for various activities uh, to gardens, you know, it was a farm actually, uh, cattle barns, other types of barns, um, incinerator buildings, things like this. And then um, the other side was just the, buildings where they stayed and the actual incinerator that they used to burn uh, some bodies when they passed away that's also there it's a pretty creepy place actually i was gonna say i bet you the energy is pretty heavy <laughs> it, it is pretty heavy and you know Braden did tell me after this excursion to give him a little bit more time when we decide to go to a place like that <laughs> right <laughs> 
because, you know, I always ask for protection, but we did this on a whim. And he's like, geez, you could have given me more time, mom. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, so we walked several miles, uh, Deception Pass. We stopped at a store or two. We went to the two different sides. It's like a 741 acre spread. Um, and we walked around for a couple of hours uh, at that place. So we get in the car, and as soon as we get in the car, Mary Jo grabs her ear and says, oh, I lost my earring. Okay, so we're sitting there going, oh, no, we've just walked several miles in three or four different places. What are we going to do? So, and this earring was extremely important to her, held sentimental value. So I said, okay, just put a message up on the message board. So she did that. And then we go home and she, she texts me and she says, you know, you really should ask them what happened to it. And I thought, oh boy, I'm really putting them on the spot now because that's going to be difficult. So I asked Braden and I guess we can play the first one uh, that he responded with. Now this is a class C and it falls into the one category, which means it's a transform EVP. There was no vocal sound in the background. Um, and I was just, you know, using the RRDR60, which is not one that I recommend unless you're looking for quick answers like yes or no that can be understood clearly, or that's right, or that's wrong you know, words that can be clearly distinguished because it has kind of a growly sound to it. And okay. you can usually interpret it in a few different ways. However, for me, this was the first one I recorded. And I guess I was using my mediumistic abilities here because I understood it as I'm nearing the barn, mom. Okay. All right. So we'll play that now. Okay. Okay, so yeah, that one, honest to goodness, if you hadn't given me the prompt, I don't think I could understand that. Exactly. Yeah. And even the, you know, even the researchers, see, I have a witness panel, so I always have at least two of my fellow researchers, practitioners, listen to them and help me classify them. And this one okay. is clearly a C. Mm -hmm. um, but the reason I'm including it is not only for you to hear what a C sounds like, but because I was able to interpret it, turns out I was able to interpret it correctly because the following EVP, which um, are A's and B's, came through much more clearly, but still referred to the barn. Okay, now there were, so I don't know, at least two or three barns that I saw there. So my next thought was, all right, which barn, Braden? So I'm like, Braden, this is really important to Mary Jo. And he's like, I know. <laughs> it's like, Great. Yes, I get it, mom. <laughs> so I said, it's really important to her. So I, I need these to be really clear. And in this case, I decided to do an opportunistic method that I've developed with the help from the other side. And uh, they gave me a couple of very specific pieces of information that helped determine which barn and where it might be. Okay. So the next one, and I have to preface this after I say what it says. <laughs> So this is Braden. He says, looking for male junk. And of course, there was junk all over the, the 741 miles, you know, with these old farm barns and whatnot. Um, so the fact that he put male before it made all the sense in the world. And this picture is posted on welcometoeternity.com. I immediately thought of the barn where... Mary Jo was standing in front and I almost took a picture of her. We had our cameras and we were snapping away. And I noticed to her left, there was a huge spray painted 
male junk, right? <laughs> and I thought at the time, I thought at the time, I'm not going to do that to her. She's not going to like that. It's just going to be a waste of a picture. So I didn't take the picture, but when I got the EVP, I immediately went to that barn and that doorway because it was right next to that doorway there. So regardless of what the context is, it's evidential nonetheless. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we'll play that one as well. A lot of people are going to need prompts if they don't have the requisite experience of having to li having listened to thousands of these. Um, but the two researchers who listened to this one could hear that um, without a prompt. And now this one, I actually used an Arabic podcast. Uh, and there is a process that, that is involved in doing that that I think is too convoluted to explain right now. Um, but just let it be known that uh, when I first record this Arabic podcast, it's recorded so far away from the computer speakers that it's a flat line. And then I use um, uh, some amplification gain control methods to bring up the voices uh, and then denoise the static out of it. So that, that's, again, using language, using um, the sound of language for the other side to manipulate in, in however they do it, because it, be, right. it creates different types of EVP. Right. And this one okay. is clearly, they're making use of the Arabic that was provided. Uh, it's not a transform EV, EVP, so that, therefore it's in the A2 category, two for opportunistic EVP. Okay, and then and then the prompt is the next one is also with the Arabic, and this came right after in the recording looking for male junk. So they gave me two clues back to back, and this third one is with that stake it broke. And there's a picture on the blog about the stake, right? Exactly. I had mm -hmm. no clue what that one meant, but I knew it had to be found somewhere around that barn and that uh, spray painted picture. Okay. And it turns out that it was directly above the doorway. A big stake was sticking out of the roof directly above the doorway and right next to the male junk. Very evidential again, giving yes. you great clues. Yeah. Uh, so we'll play that one. Okay, so that's an A2 as well. Right. Uh, they okay. were able to identify those uh, without a prompt. Right. And I was able to say, okay, so Mary Jo, her mother-in-law, since her mother-in-law is the one who gifted her the earring, we go out there and I said, we got to go to this barn. We got to start looking right around here. So we looked, there was tall grass there, and I just got a feeling, no, that it's not going to happen this way. I'm not going to find it in tall grass. So I went directly behind where the doorway, the stake, and the male anatomy was, directly behind the building. And I looked, and there were no markers on the back side of the building for them to refer to. But I thought, okay, this is, this is the barn. It's they said it was outside the barn, not in the barn. So I looked over and there was a gravel patch there. And Mary Jo and her mom were reading one of the placards that they had up describing the barns in the area. And I had been going slowly, you know, just kind of keeping my eyes on the ground. So I get over this gravel patch and I thought, aha. And I just, I looked down and immediately there it was directly wow. behind where the doorway was to get into the barn and directly behind where the stake and the male anatomy had been painted. That's amazing. It was amazing. We found it in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's even more amazing. <laughs> it's 
really amazing. Jeez, now, yeah. some people have suggested perhaps it was an apport that, you know, they, they somehow moved it from one position to another, a position that would make it easier for me to find. Um, and that could very well have been. Uh, who knows? Braden has done that kind of thing in the past. Not very often. I guess it takes quite a bit of energy, but two or three times he's done that. Could you tell just briefly about one time that he's done that? Yes. Uh, you know, he was really into reptiles and you know, any kind of like turtles and, and geckos and all these kinds of things. And we got a rescue turtle that had been ignored for years. He was a teenage um, project in science class. And then when the kid grew up, he was ignored. So we decided to take this turtle. I walked in the house with him, put him in Braden's room. And meanwhile, this was a dead of winter and it had been snowing out and the ground was icy. And I'm sitting in there with Pete going, what are we going to feed this turtle and he goes well i guess you got to go to the store and get some mealworms or something right so i pick up my purse i turn around i go out to get in the car and we had this long long walkway um in indoor uh hallway leading down into the main area of the house it's quite long and the doorway to braden's room was off to the right at the very end of this hallway so i come out and I'm getting ready to go out and get in the car. And there on the hallway floor is a huge, pristine, pink, wiggling earthworm. No way. <laughs> so I went into shock. I said, Pete. And I couldn't even talk. I'm just like, Pete. He goes, what? He thought something happened to me. I was having a heart attack or something which I felt like I was at that time. He comes I out bet. and he looks down. He goes, oh my God, it must be Braden. I mean, there was no slithering marks, not a speck of dirt anywhere. It looked like it had just came down from the heavens. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. I just love that story. So Pete picked it up, gave it to the turtle, and he was so used to be being fed turtle pellets that turtles don't usually make noises, but he was grunting and smacking his lips. And I mean, it was a worm from heaven. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. Oh, that's a wonderful story. So let's then, let's go back then to the EVPs because those, yeah. there's a continuous story that goes along with them as well. But um, I just had to hear that Apport story because I just, I love when people have those. That's a good one. Um, that was a really good one. Yeah. Okay. So then the next one, um, we're into the, uh, there's a, actually a B2 that you've got. Yeah. And this, this precedes the earring, the treasure hunt for the earring. Okay. Um, this actually came when we were first there, when she lost her earring. We happened to be on the uh, housing side of the asylum. And yeah, it was pretty creepy. And we were standing in the parking lot. And Mary Jo said, well, why don't you find out if there are any like ghosts around here? And not being an investigator, I don't know the language to use. I don't know exactly what to say, but I felt strongly that we were being uh, protected, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I said, are there any haunted people here? And Mary Jo's, <laughs> Mary Jo's, you know, elbowing me like, that's not how you say it. But, you know, <laughs> I didn't know what I was supposed to say. Anyway, I figured if they're there, they're probably haunted. You know, they probably don't feel so great. I don't know. So I <laughs> it's said, an honest statement. <laughs> Are there any haunted people here? And um, now this is an A2 because, or a, B, a B2 because it needed a prompt. It's kind of fast, and that's why they needed the prompt. Um, it needed a prompt. Now, I was standing outside the car, and we had a Spanish uh, talk show on in the car it wasn't on all that loud just loud enough so that you could hear occasional you know words from the uh 
from the radio and I was using a digital recorder that is not very good, meaning that it doesn't pick up everything like your Mac computer would. So that also gives them a chance to kind of manipulate that sound as they want to so that it doesn't come out sounding exactly like the Spanish recording. Okay. So this particular one, after I, oh, I think they, um, I think they actually said this before I asked, which is also quite common. So if you very, very frequently, you'll have a question in mind and they'll answer it right right away. And then you'll ask the question. Mm -hmm. So this happened in this case. Um, What you're going to hear is one of the team members on the other side saying, Mad Men, that's their custom. We'll just go back. And then I ask, are there any haunted people here? Okay, we'll play that one now then. Okay, well, that was a a longer statement than the previous ones. Yeah, and, you know, we do have quite a few longer statements come through. A lot of those aren't appropriate to be playing on a podcast because, again, they're more difficult to understand. Usually take quite a few listens. But a lot of those have ended up being quite evidential when we're uh, contacting those children on the other side who want to get in touch with their parents Um, several stories of how those have ended up being quite evidential, even though they may not be understood by your average lay person. And that was a B2. And then we have an A2 is next. Okay. So now this goes into one of our, um, one of our guys who crossed over and his parents asked me to record for him. Now he passed at 29 years old after never having spoken in his life. He was born uh, brain uh, damaged, but not to the point where he couldn't graduate from high school. He had uh, more mobility issues than anything else. So he never walked and speaking issues. He could not communicate except for through grunts. She thought that sometimes she could hear him say no or yes, but she wasn't even quite sure about that. So his speaking, um, just, he just never used words. However, um, she taught him how to read using big, huge flashcards. I mean, that woman is amazing. She worked with him day and night to get him to the point where he could graduate from high school. And he was also a very good student. But she never did hear him talk. And so she said, you know, it would be really nice to, we've gone to mediums, you know, we've had them tell us he's okay. And, but we just want to hear him talk. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, that's interesting because I've never done that before. And we know that it has nothing to do with voice boxes, that they're manipulating the energy. Um, So I thought, well, there's no reason why he can't. So... I went ahead and recorded for them. And there were several evidential ones that came through. But these two that we're going to play were quite clear. And the first one gave them um, a lot of hope about what's going on. It was very clear for them. And they felt very happy to know that there is a heaven. So in this first one, you're going to hear him say, there is a heaven. Okay. There is a heaven. Yeah, you know what? I think that's my favorite one right now. Although the male junk's pretty funny, <laughs> but uh, that's a good one for humor. You know, lighten lighten the mood. But as far as that emotional, heartfelt statement, I think that's my favorite. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that one too, and it is very clear. Um, mm-hmm. Even I think even you thought that would be an A. Yes, definitely. I mean, for yeah. my amateur ears, quite surprised when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's astounding, actually. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the questions that they had asked. They were um, 
they wanted to know where where he was, you know, and how he was doing there. And he did talk about how he was doing there, but there is a heaven was in direct response to where are you? Um, the next one, he says, wow, this is really wild. And a lot of them express their excitement, their surprise, you know, their enjoyment at being able to do this. And particularly in his case, because he could never talk to his parents while he was alive. So he said a lot of things like, this is fantastic. I can't believe this. This is really wild. And so this is one of him saying, wow, this is really wild. Wow, it's really wild. Wow, it's really wild. Wow, it's really wild. Well, I have to agree that was pretty wild because that was very clear. Yeah. Um, and like I say, he was full of, this is fantastic. This is great. I can't believe this. He just kept saying all these kinds of things. And then he would intersperse with a couple of um, evidential comments that we then found out uh, were quite evidential. But he was just so excited to be able to talk, in quotes. These are pretty amazing, Vicki, I have to say. For somebody who has never really had a lot of experience with them. I mean, I've never captured an EVP myself. I think I tried once and I didn't wait long enough. And I didn't really get anything. So I thought, oh, maybe I'm just, you know, I don't know how to do this. I'll have to read up on it more. But again, it's just so evidential and you don't need to rely on someone else. Uh, not that it's bad because there's evidential mediums and very good ones. Yes. But this one, this is just something just extraordinary. Well, and I should say also that because somebody's going to think, well, how do you know that that's Derek? And the way they do it with me and with other members of the big circle is they identify who it is before the person starts speaking. Or sometimes afterwards, they'll say that was Derek. Or Derek would say this is Derek. Um, Braden has his own way of introducing that it's him. Sometimes it's very humorous. Sometimes he just uses mom, which makes it clear. Mm -hmm. But um, I thought I'd address that because, yeah, how do we know who it is we're talking to? And even then, you know, even if they say, well, this is Braden, how do we know? Right. But you did say, too, that their voices, you can hear the distinctive voice that they sometimes. had. Sometimes. sometimes. Okay. Sometimes but, not. But like with Derek, for example, he never spoke. So he had to ident they had to identify him, say that he was available in advance. And then during the recording, he had to be identified. Because, you know, it could have been Braden saying, wow, this is really wild. True. Um, so I make sure that, uh, you know, the EVP that comes out right after the identification and right before is tied to that person. And I usually leave a lot of space in between when I'm talking um, for Braden or for anybody else to come through and identify themselves as well as not being the person that we're, you know, we're focusing on. You know, one thing that I, I don't know if I, I probably mentioned it. Yes, I did when we talked about the animals, but that I found is really, really important is that if you're going to do this kind of work, um, there needs to be a strong connection. You need to have a spirit team that you're working it with, and there needs to be a strong emotional uh, connection, uh, either between the people that you're trying to connect or between yourself and those that you are contacting on the other side. If I were to just pick up my recorder and go, oh, hey, I think I'll just turn it on and see what I get. Um, you know, sometimes if they have something important to say, they'll come through clearly. But most of the time it's like, you know, if you don't come prepared, then we don't put the effort into answering the questions. So... I always need to prepare myself and Braden has 
has said the best way to do that is to use his three P's, which is prayer, permission, and protection. I like that. And so he, you know, he says, you know, I'm not into any one kind of prayer, just whatever you feel comfortable uh, doing. And in that prayer, you are asking for permission and protection for all involved. This makes me realize and remember that, because I've heard this often in the uh, energy medicine I studied, in being having mediumistic sessions with mediums, etc. Everybody talks about protection and prayer mm-hmm. and permission mm-hmm. and discernment. Um, very, very important. We mm-hmm. don't know what's out there. I mean, I don't want to... Um, I don't want to believe in the dark stuff, even though I know it's there. I don't want to live in fear. Me neither. You know, so, but I will also be cautious mm-hmm. and take the right precautions before I connect. Exactly. And that's all we need to do because they're more than willing to be there with us and protect us. But we do need to ask. It's like I said to Braden when once he was really adamant about this and I figured out what he was talking about I said well I just kind of thought that whenever I did a session that you'd be there to protect me (laughs) I I know that sounds stupid now because he goes he goes you've got to be kidding mom it's like you know they've got things to do and connecting people with their loved ones is not his primary job Um, it's what I do right now, among other things, but it's one of the things that I do. And he is there as part of my spirit team to help me, but he's got a lot of really important things going on. And for me to just expect him to be at my beck and call sounds like the diva that I am. (laughs) So, you know, he's like, oh no, not happening, you know? (laughs) And, you know, the thing that strikes me the most with this entire conversation is that, well, the humor, the humor with yourself. And I mean, you have such a joy and a lightness about you. But then Brayden is also hysterically funny. And there's so much humor (laughs) that seems to be a part of your life. Right. Um, And that's why with him... And he also he always says that for for my communications with him, a lot of it is humorous. And sometimes I didn't get the humor because I was listening to the EVP and thinking, wait a minute. And so now he always has to preface it with this is a joke or at the end, that was a joke, unless unless it's so obvious because he doesn't want me to get my feelings hurt. Um, But. Most of the time, his his uh, humorous ones are self-evident and don't hurt my feelings. But he will sometimes preface things with, okay, don't get upset. This is a joke. And then he'll say it. <laughs> That's funny. Now, th- this one, are we going to play one? Yes. Another one? Yeah. So speaking of the humor um, and also the emotional connection that is needed, This is an A1, I believe, which means it was transformed. There was no vocal uh, in the background for this one. I was using what's called the Nokia E500. It's It's an old phone, I think, from like 2010. And I was listening to this guy on YouTube, Wayne Paranormal, And he was given a rundown of digital recorders, why they work, why they don't. And it was so fascinating to me because I intuitively know which ones I want to use for what. But he talked about this one in particular saying, you know, he wasn't really sure why this one worked, but it did. And part of the reason he thinks is because it stores its EVP in uncompressed wave files as opposed to most others which use the mp3 format 
I don't know about that. I think for me, that might be true, but another part of it is that the recorder is not very good. And when you're dealing with a recorder that isn't very good, like the Panasonic DR60, which is one of the first digital recorders that ever came out, and it came out of Japan, the internal circuitry is so loud uh, that it has a tendency to function as your transform noise. And I think part of what's going on with the Nokia is that, that the internal circuit, circuitry makes it so that, you know, it picks up on some noises very easily, others not so much, um, picks and chooses what they want to use. Um, in this case, though, I was using the, um, the Nokia, but I didn't have any background noise. So I guess I did. The background noise would be the engine running, driving down the road, because I got this huge urge to record. I felt strongly that Braden was sitting right next to me, riding shotgun, and that Jim was in the back. So I thought, okay, here's some way to you know, figure out whether, you know, my mental mediumship is working and I'm right about this. So fortunately, I was on a long stretch of unoccupied road. So I had to fish around in my purse for my recorder. And then I had to make sure that I had it turned on. And then I had to make sure that I pressed record and I had to go in and get to the gallery and open up the gallery and go to the recorder, you know, as a process. Right. So I'm driving along and I'm kind of weaving on the road. Well, fortunately, no one was around. So I wasn't putting anybody in danger except for the guys, I guess, because um, I finally got it turned on. And I said, is Braden riding shotgun? And Braden uses one of his funny voices here. This is exactly how he used to do many of his voices. And this is one of his voices. He says, "Yeah, I'm wetting my pants." And Jim is in the <laughs> Jim is in the background after that going, "Yeah." <laughs> oh my. Okay, let's hear this one then. Okay. Yeah, that's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I played it right back because I wanted to know for sure. And I about died laughing. Well, that was even worse because then there were tears coming out of my eyes. I was laughing so hard. Um, but yeah, typical thing that they would say and typical way, Braden used to have the tendency to, to talk a little bit more than Jim and Jim would just concur. So it's just perfect in terms of their personality, their sense of humor. And I can just see them grasping at the dashboard, you know, and the chair, the seats and, you know, saying, yeah, I'm wet my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love the humor. That's an A1 then. That is an A1 because I didn't have any, I just had, I didn't have vocal background. I just had the engine running and driving down the street. And that also has a strong emotional component to it because I was on my way up to Mary Jo's to do some Christmas things. And they're, they like to come around during Christmas and especially when Mary Jo and I get together that's one of the reasons I thought they were in the car. I just got this strong feeling, wait a minute, I think the boys are here, so I'm going to check and see. And they were there. And they were there. <laughs> <laughs> and they let me know in a humorous way that they were there, and I'd better watch the road the next time. I love that. That's a great story. And definitely in a, a good example of the emotional connection. So that was the last EVP then. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to get a mix of A, B's, C's, and ones and twos, or the transform versus the opportunistic for you. Braden's always said to me, Mom, keep it simple. And I'm not a scientist, I'm a linguist. So I'm good at listening 
to these. I'm good at understanding them. I make a great witness panel person, um, <laughs> but I don't really understand a lot of the science behind it. I'm going to leave that to people like Laszlo and other people that you can find who have written scientific articles on not only the A Trans-C website, but also Mark Macy's worlditc.org website. He's got a lot of um, scientific perspectives and examples on his website as well. Well, I'll definitely make a note of all of the websites that you mentioned so people can follow up because this is very fascinating. There's so much work that's been done and continues to be done in this field. And it's just opening up a whole new world for us. Well, you know, and... It actually does for me every time I get something like that last one. I'm such a skeptic that I need direct responses. So a lot of what I, a lot of what I present on the website and a lot of what I, you know, actually believe to be honest to goodness communication is direct response to a question that's either I've just asked or that uh, comes the the EVP comes prior to my asking it. That's one of the ways I know for sure. Yes, and we all we all look for that evidence that clear communication and clear knowing that this is what it is. Right. So, like in that first one where uh, it said, "I'm nearing the barn." Mm-hmm. I actually ask prior to that, uh, where should we look? I think you'll hear me say something like, where should we look? And then I hear him say, I'm nearing the barn. Now, if I had not asked that question and just had gone back through that analysis, I probably wouldn't have been able to connect the answer with the question. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So because it's a C. It's difficult to understand, but because I asked that question and my mind was mentally attuned to the response, I was able to pick out the the, the barn as opposed to the farm or as opposed to the picnic table or the field or any other place that we had been to. Can I assume then that the more somebody practices with EVP, for example, that your mediumistic ability will start to increase. Yeah. I mean, we're all mediums and we all practice mediumship without even realizing it. You know, we get intuition and it could be from one of our spirit team members and we may not even call ourselves mediums. Other mediums are really good at um, evidential mental mediumship where they can have a conversation with your loved ones in their head and tell you what they're saying and you can talk to them through them. Other people tend to have, um, tend to be a little bit better at this instrumental trans communication, whether it be visual or audio, um, as we've been listening to here. It's not to say that um, everyone can do it and it's not to say that no one can do it. It's like, you know, you have people who are good chefs. I probably would never be on, you know, one of those chef shows, chopped or whatever. I'd never end up there because I'm not that good. Um, Some people are really good doctors. Some people are really good mediums, you know, and then of those mediums, some people are really good in certain ways of mediumship. But everybody can certainly experiment. And, you know, you, you want to listen for messages that, that they may leave you themselves without your even trying, like uh, a voice message like I received from Braden. Um, there have been several books written about telephone calls from the dead where you know, a person who is not expecting a phone call from someone who has recently passed because they're not mediums, so-called mediums, they get the phone call and their loved one is on the other line. You know, it's similar to the the voice messages, except for I wouldn't answer my phone. So darn it, I missed out on the live (laughs) conversation, but that's my fault. 
<laughs> but you got something different. You got the messages. Right. Yeah. And that makes it really clear. I've heard people say that it's like a muscle. You just have to exercise it. So if you do engage in practices such as EVP or other types of connection practices, this will get stronger over time, essentially. It should. Um, I've, I've seen that happen. Mm -hmm. I've also seen people do this work for a long, long time, but they stick with a certain method, for example, that may not result in the clearest EVP, but it's more the method and the recorder than it is their ability to pick up EVP. You know, for example, the RRDR60, which can almost always produce EVP, but it's extremely difficult to understand. So you've got people using, you know, that kind of recorder solely. And no, their EVP doesn't usually get way, way, way better. But that's just because of the recorder. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, important to learn, do some research, understand the different types of equipment that's used. And just like anything, you'll get better at it and figure out what works. Yes. Yeah. Especially if you have a strong emotional connection to that particular type of mediumship. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yes. So hopefully people will start to open up to this work and get more familiar and, uh, start practicing if, if they aren't already. I hope so. Mm -hmm. um, and so then just to go back, all of your EVP captures are put on the blog, welcometoeternity.com. Do you have a regular set schedule for posting or how many posts do you usually put up in a week? Well, not all of them are on there. I've got, I don't know, you know, I've been doing this since 2004 so you can imagine how many EVP I have. In the beginning, it was all about Braden. Um, but after that, I started working with bereaved parents and other researchers and practitioners. And so this blog is just um, not too old, just from last year. And I put it up for the remaining Big Circle members and myself to to start putting some of our um, EVP out there. Some of it is like throwback stuff. Like sometimes there'll be a throwback Thursday and I'll post an EVP from a long, long, long time ago. Uh, other times it will be like this asylum uh, visit where we had to have a treasure hunt looking for Mary Jo's earring. I don't have a set schedule for posting right now since we've been going through a lot of stuff this year. Yes. That has personal and otherwise that um, that kind of thing has prevented me from, you know, posting regular regularly. But I am promising myself and my spirit team that I'm going to be posting more regularly. They also want us to post our other methods of communication with them, which include automatic writing and some uh, mediumship communications which I haven't gotten around to yet because I wanted to really populate it first with a lot of good examples of ITC, uh, vis both visual, um, but particularly uh, audio, since that's uh, what the big circle has specialized in. Well, I really look forward to that. Can people then contact you uh, on the blog if they want to have if they have questions or want to ask you anything about the work? Yes, they can. There's a way for them to email me um, with questions or comments, and I will get that. There's also a way that they can, you know, join, so to speak, so that they can get updates through email about when people have posted uh, that kind of thing. That's wonderful. That's so great. So that's, again, welcometoeternity.com. Vicki, this has been an amazing conversation. I've learned so much, and 
I just love your stories. <laughs> well, there's plenty more where that came from. And I'm <laughs> sure that the spirit team would love to get the word out. So anytime I'm available to chat with you, it's been an honor. I'm so happy that you asked me to speak. I'm so grateful that you agreed and you're here speaking with me. You exude so much love and joy. It's such a delight. Well, thank you. So do you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Life Continuing. A special thanks to Vicki Talbot. You can find Vicki's blog posts at welcometoeternity.com. The advisor to the show is Amanda Capito. The music for this podcast was composed by Richard Farron. I'm your host, Tanya Berg. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow on Instagram at Life Continuing Podcast. Do join me next time where we'll continue this conversation about life continuing.